gonna be a hot one Hot sweat on my pillow's not fun But I'm not one to willow in no hot sun When I wake it's like I'm bathing And I roll over records playing now But I'm still laying down No need to move a muscle Today's plans are taking all right, guys, so unfortunately, there's not going to be a Fantastic Three. There's not going to be a hustle and flow, but it's going to be a Starks isolation offense this evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be. So Kevin and Doc won't be here. But keep in mind, I feel better than last episode, so I'm more up to beat. So you're going to feel the Starks ISO offense. That's going to be more fast paced. So if you guys are getting tired of hearing my voice, I do apologize, but you're just going to have to enjoy the ride. So with that being said, um, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. And I'll jump into the weekend news here shortly, but I definitely want to touch up on Anthony Davis, the news that dropped earlier this morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be. And he requested a trade. And uh, this is pretty big, obviously, in fantasy and even in the NBA in particular, because wherever Anthony Davis lands, he's going to make a, a dramatic change, atmosphere, culture change for whatever team and there's rumors that he may go to the Lakers with LeBron and there's other rumors where he could even be going to a lot of different teams what sits for me where he could he land it almost feels like he, he's going to LA but that's just more hearsay I wouldn't even count that as uh, gospel per se to say he's going there but would I like to see him in LA I mean that would be a nice nice change of scenery there for him and, you know, that kind of would deal with, you know, I know the rumor was what Brandon Ingram being moved along with uh, Lonzo Ball, even uh, Zubach as well. So there's been a lot of different implications and rumors and, and trading parts. I wish Doc was on his uh, podcast and I know he would have his trade machine to kind of share with the listeners and uh, bloggers to our website to give you more of an implication and more deep dive on that. But with that being said, I mean, just keep in mind, no matter what team he's on, don't worry about it in fantasy because we're dynasty driven. He's going to still be a player that's going to provide you all the stats you need to be the number one player. The only thing that's frustrating and kind of scary with him is, as you guys know, he could be in the locker room at any time. You know, and that's the, the thing that you got to hold your breath on every single time that he's on the floor, that he might be that player that gets a little owie and he's running into the, the locker room. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that his body isn't particularly the strongest, but I'm not, doesn't necessarily mean he's soft. That's, that's not what that means. And a lot of people call him soft. And I can say this, like, he's not a soft player. He's a really good player. And some people's bodies are just built. We're, all of our bodies are built differently. So don't give this man a hard time. But in Dynasty, it's easy for me to say he's the number one player. And in redraft leagues, because we give you the redraft flavor as well, he's definitely that too. Now, I will say this. In my rankings, if you guys check out the fantasyunicorns.com, I actually have James Harden number one for the rest of the season rankings. And Harden, you know, I'm not going to get too much off subject here, but he's a player that just on, he's on a burner. And I know I've been getting a lot of questions back and forth. Well, who would you rather have this year? You know, who would you have taken? I've, I took Harden second. In my redraft league and I typically like I said we're dynasty driven but we're GMs of the fantasy unicorns that will do redraft too so you know with that being said if he goes to if Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers then that's something unique that him and LeBron would be a nice one-two punch there and I'm sure if Anthony Davis goes there it almost feels like there's more players to kind of move around and one thing I do want to mention I didn't even have this written up and I don't know if you guys know or not or already but Kawhi Leonard uh, has bought a place in San Diego. So, 
That doesn't necessarily, look, I got my bunny ears up, so that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to go to a different team. But hey, I'm just saying he just purchased the house in San Diego. So just think about that, you know, not pointing any fingers or saying he's going to do a move out of Toronto. But, you know, that's just something to think about. Right. I mean, you know, it's kind of like when LeBron um, had his his son, you know, sign up somewhere in L.A. to go to school. And and we've seen what happened. Right. He's in L.A. now. So that's just something to kind of think about. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but that's a nugget that you should kind of think about. Right. So we're going to move forward um, with that. And he plans, Anthony Davis plans on playing the rest of the season out. But to be honest, whether he does or not, my logic is, is he going to get traded? Um, It's leaning on, I believe he would. I mean, I wouldn't want to lose Anthony Davis to nothing. You know, you might as well dial the phones up, see what the Pelicans can get in return. And, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. I wish, like, again, I wish Doc was on this episode because he likes the Pelicans. And, um, you know, it's fine. So hopefully... You know, the Pelicans can get something in return for Anthony Davis if that trade goes down. But if not, I honestly wish that they would consider trying to move him instead of losing him for nothing in the free agency. All right, so we're going to jump into the next section here with the weekend news. And it's Chris Paul. He actually came back, which is a good sign for fantasy GMs. And I'm excited myself because I have him in a dynasty league. Now, we're dynasty driven. So let me say this. You know, I have him. So I'm in a position to win this year. Um, Kevin, sorry you're not on. And I know that you don't like seeing my team. It's unfortunate, brother. But you know, if you're in a winning position in the Dynasty League, go ahead and, and trot him out there and hopefully you can win a championship with him. Now, if you are more in the bottom, then this is when you have to be a little bit creative and see and start calling up GMs that um, if you're in a bottom, right, or almost closer to the bottom of your standings is what I mean by that. If you have him on your team and you're not looking like you're in a position to win this year, go ahead and dial some of them GMs up that's in a stronger position to win this year and see if you can get some younger talent back or even some solid picks back. That's not easy. It definitely isn't because a lot of people are going to be like, ah, oh, Chris Paul is what, 33, 34? They're going to kind of question his ability and you're, it's going to be a hard sell or versus a hard buy. And you might not get the value alike, but just see what you can do. Now, He's going to be considered to get 30 more minutes, 30 plus minutes um, to his next game, which is good to hear uh, for fantasy jams. Now, Chris Paul, uh, for him to come back and, and play 25 minutes off the bat, it speaks good value um, for volume for me. And I, I believe he's going to be fine now. You got to be concerned about with hammy injuries again and whatever is hammy or groin injuries. I don't like my type of NBA players that have that in a fantasy team, but that's just something you just got to deal with. Injuries is going to happen. I mean, look what's going on in the NBA and even fantasy for those gems. You know, you got Dinwiddie, you got Oladipo. It's just one. It's just almost like shooting ducks in a barrel or however you want to say it. It's just like they keep going down. So you just got to be strong, um, got to stay focused, stream like Mike puts out there. Use your waiver wire as Kevin would do. Check out, you know, uh, Doc's information when he puts out his prospects. Use all the information that you can utilize through our website, thefantasyunicorns.com. You know, just keep that in mind. All right, so I'm going to jump into the uh, the next player in this section is Jamal Murray. And before I actually get to Jamal Murray, it actually segues well pretty good to me going on this rant real quick. And this rant that I'm going to go on is actually on Mike Malone. You know what? What are you doing, man? And, and the reason why I say that is, you know, 
Jamal Murray was in a walking boot, uh, you know, a few days ago. If Malone had mentioned, oh, you know, he could I could have put him back in the game, you know, if we needed him. You know, I, I felt like I could have put him back in the game. Really? Really? You really you really felt like you could put him back in the game after him being in the boot? And not only that, so the next day later, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm really worried. It's swollen. I'm really worried. Oh, Mike Malone. <laughs> There's some coaches that, you know, is irritating, you know, and I know... I could go on rants all day about certain coaches. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like Jason Kidd. I don't know if you guys remember or not. When Jason Kidd, they didn't have any timeouts, right, I believe. And then he was holding the cup. He was telling his own player, hey, run into me. You can read his lips, run into me. So the player ran into him to drop the drink on the ground. So that way it forced coach or uh, referees to kind of wipe it up or whatever it may be to call a timeout that they didn't have. So, oh, my goodness. It's obviously two different stories in two different situations. But what sticks out to me is Malone is the the coach that actually was holding Joker back a few years ago before he started being really good like he is now. I don't know if a lot of people knew that. He was holding him back. So moving forward, Jamal Murray is going to be out for a little while. Who stands pat as far as who should be the next man up? I mean, there's a few players. There's going to be collectively an effort on the team. Now, I will mention real quick Gary Harris. I don't know. I mean, he shouldn't be in your your wire, you redrafters. But I know there's been some uh, some GMs that's been asking me, like, do I drop him? Like, my goodness, no. I mean, it's unfortunate. I know he's been struggling this year, but he's also been hurt. And there's been a lot of other things going on. We're dynasty driven. So I'll say in a dynasty because, you know, dynasty takes precedence here. He's a player I want to buy low on. Right. And then, you know, in a redraft league, if you have him, you know, you got to try to gut it out. If you can. And honestly, if you could buy low on him in a redraft league, I would do that, too. Definitely do that. So the players, again, that will take precedence as far as picking up wise. Um, you got, you know, Craig out there. You got uh, who is the other guys? Goodness. Uh, Morris and uh, is it Beasley? Yeah, Malik Beasley. So in order, you can kind of go Beasley, or excuse me, Morris, Beasley, and then Craig. And even if Craig starts, you know that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best person. He was he started the last game, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best player of the bunch. So you can kind of play, uh, as I mentioned, like spin the bottle a little bit with them, or you know musical chairs. I know that's not something you know GMs like to hear, but I mean for a free agency ad. Yeah, why not? Go ahead and play that game. Now, if you're if you're doing that, hoping that they're going to be the the rest of the season player, then you know that's kind of wishful thinking. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next player here in this section, and it's uh, DeAndre Melton, or excuse me, DeAnthony Melton. That's going to be out for three weeks, and the next player that's going to be up is a Kobo. He's not a player that I'm excited about. You know, he's supposed to bring a certain pedigree, uh, a more facilitator, facilitator uh, point guard or guard per se. That's not someone I'm excited to get, but if you can pick him up, then yeah, sure, go ahead and grab him. And I mean, Josh, uh, Josh Jackson has been action. Jackson uh, has been doing okay this year. He's inconsistent, but you got to deal with it. I mean, if he's out there, try to stream him. You know, Phoenix Suns. I'm gonna be honest, it's a wasteland. I don't really want to play that game over there, but you know, have fun <laughs> to you, GMs. All right, so I'm going to jump into this section here. We're dynasty driven, but I want to at least touch up on the flavor of the day, flavor of the week, and redraft flavor for you guys because I know you guys are a lot happy to have redraft and dynasty content, but I'm giving you the mix of both worlds, so you're going to enjoy this. So I'm just going to touch base on a few players because I get consistent 
questions on a couple of these players, but I also want to throw in a couple of players that you guys should keep a watch on. So one player um, that is mentioned is Bradley Bill. There was a GM that reached into me or reached out to me. He's actually a new listener, and I'll shout out some listeners' names at the end of this podcast here. Appreciate you guys. One thing I want to mention is about Bradley Bill is he has been close to almost like a top 15 and even squeezed in the top player or top 10 player within a few games. So he's been more often on top 10, top 15 type player. And I know the question was, is, hey, you know, Starks, is he going to be like a top 40, 50, or is he going to be like a, a 20, 30? Well, let me at least say this. Uh, Bradley Bill, even when John Wall was playing, he was around the 30 to 35 range, you know, number one. So even if, uh, well, so for me, the rest of the season, if, you know, the Wizards are fine the rest of the season where they are going to be playing their starters and not have any issues. It just obviously depends on how the season ends, if their record is really bad. But if they decide to play Bradley Bill the rest of the season with John Wall out, I can see him finishing within the top 15, top 20 range. And I think that's feasible and fair to him with John Wall out because he's going to carry more um, responsibility with him being out. Now, when John Wall comes back, Mike, this kind of segues way into John Wall. There's going to be a lot of gems that's going to be fading from him in dynasty and redraft leagues, which is definitely understandable. For me, I'm going to look at it a little bit different because I believe his value is going to be solid for wherever he's drafted or excuse me, whatever Yahoo, ESPN, Fantrax, whatever host or site that you utilize, he's going to be a player that I want to see where his value is at and what people are going to really think about him. There's going to be a lot of people afraid of grabbing him, you know, going into next year. And it's like I said, it's understandable. But it depends. He's a player I like to have. And to be honest with you, I'd be surprised. He shouldn't be a second round player next year. But if somehow they decide to do that, oof, that, that'll be a steep price. He almost seems like if I'm just going by just more of a gut check here, he could be like a top. He, OK, his average draft position, ADP average draft position, I think he could be like a 30 or 40 range, you know, next year. If you can get him even if you can get him obviously like in the top 50 next year because of the injury which he may not be that far back but if you are able to get him at a value then that's a player that I'd like to have. It's a risk, but it's a risk I'd like to take. So we're going to jump into one of my original guys and he's finally stringing some games along and it's the Oz Seti Osman. He's having another good game. He's string strung along a couple of games. And I, I, he was one of the players, I, like I said, on a, the last couple of episodes that I've been pretty, oh my goodness. I wanted to believe he could be a top 7,500 player this year. I'm not saying he's going to finish that the rest of the season, but I'm, I'm starting to really engage and seeing what he's doing. Now, it obviously is going to depend on what Kevin Love, if he decides to come back and how that's going to change the culture as far as Seti Osman goes. But if you were able to pick him back in a free agency, then you got to take a flyer. If he's available, you need to take a flyer on him. Now, and I know I kind of just like gave up on him, but I, here's here's one thing that I may have secretly got, you know, um, gave up on him. But as some know that's in my leagues, I didn't really just, although I might have gave up on him, I didn't just cut bait. Um, and that's one of those things. In redraft, I actually did cut bait on him, but I played that dangerous game and I was able to pick him back up. Now, if you have the skill... And it's not easy. And I'm not saying I was it was easy for me to do it. 
if you have the skill to play the waiver wire, and this let me segue a little bit different into this part of the podcast as far as reaching out to certain players in a free agency. If you can play that danger game, and what I mean by that is you drop a player, as you guys know, you stream players, you add them and drop them, you add them and drop them. There's certain players that I like to keep an eye on for myself. Seti Osmond was one in a redraft league. And I know, like I said, we're dynasty driven. I didn't drop him at all in my dynasty league because I still have faith in him. Now, in a redraft league, I was able to drop him and pick him back up. And one of the one of those things is there's certain players that can have a fluky game. And I honestly thought a little bit, and I'm just being honest, I, I honestly thought that game that he had, like a career, I believe it was like 29 points or something like that. It was almost unrealistic because he didn't really miss any shots. He only missed like two or three shots in that game. So you're asking, so, well, why did you pick him up off a fluky game if you thought it was fluky? Well, it's because I already, for one, I had faith in him mostly through the season. Even when we started this podcast, I was pretty much promoting this guy this season, even for you redrafters. So my thing is this. If there's certain there's certain players that you have to have at least a logic and thought process to believe in. And if you drop a certain player and uh, you don't think or no, excuse me, you think they can have a chance like Seti Osman, you got to grab one of those players. Another player that reminds me of is like Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac obviously had more hype coming into this season, the beginning of the year. And it's funny because I'm going off a topic. So Isaac now, he, he's been stringing some decent games here, but he's one of those players also. But he has more upside than Seti Osman because he's a triple one threat. Now, what does that mean if you didn't already know what a triple one threat is? A triple one threat is a player that can at least score one, three, get one steal and one block for you in a game. He can do that at any time. So that actually segues well to a player that I was going to actually try to play a little a little game with the unicorns um, with me as well. But since they're not here, I'm just going to go ahead and give you an answer. And it's a player that I'm surprised about what he's doing this year. And he's not really getting a lot of talks about. This player has been a top 34 player the last 10 games. It is just straight bananas of what he's doing. And he's really getting unnoticed. I mean, obviously, there's GMs that are maybe talking about him. But let me just stop beating around the bush and tell you who this guy is. This guy, his name is Jeremy Grant from OKC, if you guys are familiar with it. This guy is averaging. Check this out. This guy is averaging a triple one this year. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? If you if you thought that before this season... Please send me a message, please, and, and show me that you believe that he was going to average a triple one this year, right? That's the same with another player that I'll actually save. And I mean, you guys, they'll give you guys all the time to look up players that's averaging triple ones. But there's another player I like for the listeners um, to the unicorns to bring to my attention. If you tell me who another player you never thought would be a triple one player and is, Please let me know. You know why? Because when Fantasy Combat 5, the limited edition comes out, that's an article that I'll do. And I've taken some time uh, away from blogging for a while. That's going to be a, a unique addition uh, that I do with uh, Pat. Pat's going to bring some solid uh, artwork with that. But once that come out, you guys are going to get a free limited edition. That limited edition, like I said, everybody can get when it comes out around mid-February by a small donation. I don't, I, if it's 10 cents that you want to donate to the Patreon, 
then do that. Whatever you feel like the, the unicorns is providing you is whatever you guys want to donate to get that limited edition. You know, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to be petty and give a penny, then that's fine too. I hope you're not that petty, but if you are, that's fine. If you do put that penny, then just know Starks will give you a ride somewhere or another. <laughs> just kidding. But with that being said, um, yeah, Jeremy Grant has been a top 34 player the last 10 games. Averaging, you know, like I said, a three, a steal in the block. That's something special. And to be honest with you, uh, in a dynasty league, if you got, I'm sure you got him at a, a really good value, or even you might even been able to pick him up from the free agency. If you have him, enjoy it. And if you're able to sell him high, like hot kegs, then go ahead and do that if you're able to do that. So with that being said, I'm going to jump into another player that actually just came across me and I, I meant to mention earlier is uh, Frank Nilakina, and he's out for one to two weeks. And then I don't know if you guys already knew Moutier is out for a little while. So who do you, who's the immediate grab, you asked Starks, right? Starks, who's the immediate grab? You guys probably already know if you don't know already. So one of the players, obviously, is Trey Burke. And then the other guy's Trier. So that, to be honest with you, it's a tough one on which one I would rather have. I'm just going to say Trey Burke. And it looks like he's having a good game right now because I'm recording while games are going on. Let me just give you guys some brief stats on what he's doing. Oh, Trier. It's got, well, Trier's got seven points. Trey Burke, ugh. Well, he's only got four points. So it looks like they're splitting minutes right now. They both have 15 minutes. So, you know, just kind of be on watch of that. And uh, with that being said, I'll jump into another player. And maybe not many people, not many people talk has been talking about. And I'm a little upset because there is a GM in my league. And I'm actually, like I said, I do a lot of dynasty leagues because we're dynasty driven. But I'm also in a redraft league. And I'm surprised this little GM, he uh he was actually on one of our podcasts. And it was uh Lewis, you also known as Ray, he was a special guest here. And he picked up one of my guys here under the radar. He's a super deep player. And I mean, I, I believe he's going to get more name mentioned here soon. And it looks it's looking like he's starting to get more names soon. And it's uh, I don't know how to spell his last name, so I apologize. It's Bruno Cabacolo. And uh, you can call him Bruno Mars also, however you want to call I'll call him Bruno Mars for now. Or, you know, uh, you know, just take that for what it is. So here's here's a little cheat code that you guys should know also. Guess what Bruno's doing this year? He hasn't been playing a lot, but one thing you guys should also know, this would have been a, a nice test for the unicorns, including myself, to know that guess what? Although he's only been playing a he's only played a few games this season, guess what he's been doing? He's been also a player averaging a triple one. It's wild. It's crazy, right? One and a half threes, one steal, one and a half blocks. And he's in Memphis right now. I don't know if you guys already read already Bickerstaff. Um, you know, he said he didn't plan on to play, you know, uh, Bruno 28 minutes, but he didn't want to take him off the floor. So, you know, what that kind of says to me is Memphis, as you guys know, they got the rumors with, uh, you know, Gasol and you got the rumors with Conley possibly moving and Triple J taking the um, the fire or taking the, the, the baton, however you want to say it to be almost a center position and get more opportunity, which would be awesome for Triple J, or excuse me, Triple J. So to open up that, that time span with Bruno, that would be something special, man. And if he's going to get some solid minutes, he's a player, if you're in a deep league, I'm going to be honest with you. He's, I wouldn't even wait around because there's certain players I want to watch, 
Nah, I think I want to go ahead and grab him and see what happens. I'm not gonna, I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna say necessarily he's gonna be a world beater, but he's definitely a player that I want to try to take a waiver or a flyer on and see what happens, right? So with that being said, I'm gonna jump into the next section here. In this section here, some listener questions, and I'm also gonna touch up on the 30 man and 20 man league. I apologize, guys. You know about the you know the information as far as like the 20 man 30 man league it's like I know you guys are sitting in limbo like waiting like oh man what are the what is the information that you guys have what what's going to be the next steps what how's the setup going to be so before I get further let me at least say this so the listener questions is one from I'm a, I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong is a cpsk underscore squad he said you know what's your thoughts on Mario Hazonia and Trey Lyles now, here's my thoughts on this. And there's going to be gems that's probably mad at me. And they're going to probably call it a taco league. I don't know if you guys are familiar hearing about taco leagues. A taco league, I guess, consists of, as my understanding, is a league that's weak and pathetic, right? I will never say a league is weak and pathetic or trash or people are just not smart. I'm never going to say that. This is what I say. I'm in all types of leagues. Even if it's a family league, a friendly league, a competitive league, an expert league, I'm all in because you know why uh, people call, you know, certain things taco leagues. It's me going on a rant It's because there's trades that go down that people are not accustomed and liking. And I'm known if you guys have been listeners of the podcast, I'm known to give GMs and take them for a ride. And if you don't know what a ride is and, you know, I apologize, but let me just give you a brief description. You trade a, with a GM that you almost take advantage of them. You, get, you take them for a ride. So let me just give you guys a trade that happened in my dynasty league that I did in the beginning of the year. And I don't like to be considered a villain. So, okay, so, and this is me getting off the subject, but, but you guys should know. All right, so when you do trades, be careful because you could become a villain and people can quickly dislike you in a hurry. No matter how nice you are to them, no matter how nice you talk to them, no matter how much, if you even say, hey, man, come over, got some good food for you. Hey, you want some ice cream? Hey, you want a hamburger? Let me cook this for you. No matter how, what you do to them, right, a league can turn against you in a quick, in a drop of a hat or a turn of a dime. And what I mean by that is, okay, so let me just stop beating around the bush. You guys already heard, but let me reiterate again a few episodes ago. I did a trade in a dining So that segues way to, you know, taking someone for a ride. Going back to Mario Hazonia, I took a GM for a ride in my Dynasty League, Ironman League with uh, Kevin, a team, again, he's not fond of. And uh, the trade that happened was Mario Hazonia, one of my first round picks and a second round pick for uh, Kemba Walker. Now, keep in mind, my team is so stacked that a first round back end is not going to really, I'm not going to really care for that pick. And the reason why Mario Hazonia was like the hot flavor of the week, month, however you want to put it, is because he strung some strong games at the end of last year from Orlando before he went to New York. And obviously, as you guys know, New York, they don't have players already to really solidify like a strong starting role. But anyways, I I knew at that my, my head, my mindset was like, oh, I'm getting Kimball Walker. So I didn't even care about it. And I know there's been experts here. Keep this in mind. There was experts even saying that, uh, what's his name? Mario Hazonia could have been a top 75, 100 player beginning of the season. For me, as soon as I heard that, that made me think, hey, I'm going to take advantage of this. 
and I'm going to sell high like hotcakes and see what I can get. And the opportunity presented itself, and that's what I did. Now, could he have been a top 75 player? Oh, yeah, he could have been. But that's not a risk I wanted to take. He's in New York. You know, I know Przingis was out, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I can, uh, maybe maybe he's going to get all the playing time. And, you know, maybe he plays with Knox or he doesn't. But, you know, I'm excited to have him. Nah, I wasn't. That's why I sold him like hotcakes. And I took the gym for a ride. And the funny thing is, you know, the people are going to say, oh, man, Starks, you playing taco leagues. Nah, I mean, I play, in, like I said, I play in all types of leagues. With experts, I've I've done these type of trades in expert leagues. So don't get upset and say it's a taco league. And again, people think taco leagues is weak, pathetic leagues. It's not that. It's just because GMs have their own mentality and what they want to do. And this is the same GM that gave me a hard time giving me all this backlash saying I'm a scrub because I believe in, what's his name, um... Victor Oladipo last year, when obviously a couple years ago, as you guys know, he was in Oklahoma City, and he didn't do good. It's because Russell Westbrook had the MVP year, but I still believed in him. And I'd say when he went to the Pacers, I was like, oh, man, he's a top 50 player. Most experts was against that. And they were like, nah, you know, maybe the best 75. And I believe Kevin was also one of those advocates to say, I don't see him being a top 50 player, maybe a 75 player at best. And then, like, the whole league, I put a poll out. And pretty much everybody didn't believe Dippo was going to be a top 50 player. And that's including a lot of experts. I was like, uh, you know what, for me, I was like, nah, he's going to be a top 50 player. And the same GM that did that trade with me with Kimball Walker, he was like, well, for Mario Hazon, he was like, oh, man, Dippo's a scrub. I tell you, he said, I tell you what, I'm, he was pretty much so confident in himself. He's like, I will do, how about you do a second round pick for a second round pick? I was like, man, I don't know about that. We don't do that type of stuff. And then pretty much the league was fine with it. They never just said, and he was like, oh, are you scared? Like, no, I mean, I'm not. But I mean, he's going to be a top 50 player. So anyways, as you guys know, last year, Dippo, I believe, finished, what, top 12 last year? So, I mean, he put that to bed. And he ended up eating his crow. He was quiet. And this is the same gym. This is what's funny about a lot of gyms, because I get this a lot. And it's, it's almost irritating to a fact every time a player doesn't do good or does good for a temporary time, GMs like to decide to come after Starks and say, you see Starks, look, look at him. He's a scrub, right? So as soon as, okay, so as soon as Dippo started doing good or anybody does good, all those GMs hide and I don't hear nothing from them. And that's, I stand, I stand strong with that. Throughout the whole year, he was eating his crow. And then he finally came out. I was like, you know, Dippo. Uh, I was like, hey, man, how's Dippo doing? Is he scrub to you still? He ate his crow. He finally, he finally fessed up and said, hey, you know, you're right. Here's your second round pick. And that's it. That's fine. Just eat your crow. Just accept it. Just like I'll accept when I'm wrong. I'll eat my crow, right? So that actually segues well to a question that was asked me here recently. And it's, uh, how did I get confident to share my opinion? That's a really good question. Uh, I don't know if it's all right. I won't. I'll try not to get too much in sub, off a subject here as far as sharing opinions. It's more of uh, it, maybe probably because there's a lot of different things that factor here. I don't rely on my own experience. I, I rely on the information that I receive above. I can't give myself any credit for this, right? 
So, and I can't, I'm not going to get deeper into that because that's fantasy basketball driven. So, um, one thing that I want to keep in mind is that I can say is failure. The first year that I had in fantasy basketball, and a lot of people may, may think different, but I carry a chip on my shoulder for so many different ways and a lot of different things that I look at in fantasy basketball. I go deeper than what the other expert I think is thinking. I just go a lot deeper. But it's not to say that I'm always going to think deeper than them. That, I'm not saying that. But I have the mentality that I have more of an opportunity to look outside the box versus what everybody's swimming into. I, at times, I swim uh, against the wave where people swim with the wave, right? So this is how I look at it. And I'm, I'm dancing around, but it's, I'm trying to prove a point here. And I'm recording while games are going on. So D- Triple J is headed to a locker room for his leg. Hopefully he's okay. But one thing that I want to mention here is failure. My first year in fantasy basketball, I failed. And this is why I failed. I went undefeated going into the playoffs. My first year of fantasy basketball, I had a bye week. And then the second week, after the bye week, I lost. And a lot of people say, well, that's a successful year for your first year. Yeah, but for me, it wasn't good enough. And to me, I, I, took, that, I took that to heart. Because maybe I, I, I kept looking, look, looking at it a little bit deeper. I was like, what did I do wrong? Maybe it's because I got too comfortable when I was in that buy position. What could I have done better? You know, what can I do better? So I started to change my thought process a little bit more and learn from GMs in my league, from failures, because I was already, to me, like I said, I was a failure in that league because I, I didn't win a championship. But I looked at team, every team in that, like next year, I looked at, I stopped having tunnel vision. And I was, I know that's only one year, but I had to change my, my, my philosophy of things. I had to look at the whole perspective. You have to look at the whole full basketball court in your league. That means from the bottom to the top. I look at what's not working for the players at the bottom, the GMs, the middle and the top GMs, what's working for them. If you have tunnel vision, like I said in the last podcast, it could work for you. But for me, I had to look at the whole vicinity and who's playing around me, their tendencies. And that's why Kevin, and I I mentioned this and I really mean this, I haven't played with Doc yet. Kevin is a really really good fantasy player. And uh, he's very he's very knowledgeable of his craft. He's humble guy. He's a real nice guy. But I consider him a rival because he, he's one of those coaches. He, don't, he doesn't really, he doesn't have to speak to you. He doesn't have to banter at you and talk smack to you. There's little things that he do that he can, it's just irritate, irritating. Oops, excuse me. Irritating in a good way. Because he, like I said, he beat me. I don't know if I said that already. He beat me the first year in our dynasty league, but I beat him the second year. The first year he beat me five to four. So at that point in time, I was like, man, I can't, I can't lose again. So the next year I beat him nine to zero. But anyways, I'm going off a subject here. I got to go back to this this listener's question. So the, the infrequent beater had asked, you know, how do, how do I get confidence to share my opinion? Through failure, learning and reading articles, looking at stats, and looking at players from the eye test of my own, and kind of convincing myself, yeah, this player, it depends on opportunity. 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Cuddy system. You know, consistent, uh, consistency, upside, durability. Forgot the rest of it. <laughs> Forgot the rest of it. That's funny. Uh, if you guys have it, tweet me or <laughs> Instagram. I forgot how the saying goes, but it'll come back to me here soon. But you always got to look at the opportunity and in, in the youth and the upside of players and the consistency of players. So I essentially where I'm kind of going with this is it gave me the confidence to kind of say what I believe in certain players, right? So like Miles Turner, for instance, this year, and I'm, I'm, this is one of the biggest players that I'm going to, that you guys are going to probably hear me say a lot. And it's me ranting hard, but even Kevin didn't believe it. He had mentioned, you know, Sabonis, hey, well, he didn't say it, but he was questioning, hey man, Sabonis might be the best player in Indiana. I'm like, man, come on, man. And then there was other experts that was starting to say it. I was like, nah, man, it's still Miles Turner there, right? And I said this in the beginning of the year. I said, Miles Turner is a top 30 to 40 player. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I know that he struggled last year. You know why? That people kind of faded from him? It's because he let everybody down that drew or, or drafted him in the top 30. I don't know why GMs expected that, but a lot of experts was happy to do it, and they faded off him. For me, he was a bounce-back candidate. Easy. Easy. No questions asked. So now, when he was doing even, he struggled in the preseason this year, and even struggled in this, the beginning of this season, I was getting that heat from, not from just a couple people around me, but even in my leagues, was like, hey man, Miles Turner, you know, he's not good. I got tweeted at, like, Miles Turner is just not good. He's like, Almost bored like a scrub. Sabonis, Sabonis this. Sabonis is a good player. Don't get me wrong. But that changed, as you guys can see. Miles Turner has been turning it on. He's been like a top 30, 40 player now. Now, when he was outside the 100, I was getting flack all day long. Now, when I put tweets about, I was like, hey, guys, where, what about Miles Turner now? Everybody just decides to disappear on Starks. This, and this, like I said, this always happens to me. And it's me going on a rant. So let me go ahead and jump on to uh, the question at hand. The biggest question is obviously the the uh, the 30-man Dynasty League. Now, the dirtiest, the 30-man Dynasty League, um, again, I'm not, I won't be in that league, but the, the rest of the unicorns is in it. You guys definitely jump in. Get that opportunity. Um, there's still spots there uh, for that. I believe that league is going to run somewhere closer to Summer League again or a little bit after Summer League. Now, the Yahoo, and that's going to be, uh, the 30 man is going to be ran through Fantrax. Now, the 20 man league, free league, my, I am trying to run it through Yahoo. Okay. I, I like the Yahoo format, and I'm going to try, or host, and I'm going to try to probably have it through Google Sheets in the beginning to then put all the, the players onto Yahoo. But with that being said, so I think Yahoo can only expand up to 20 players or 20 GMs at a time. So that's filled up. Now, there's going to be maybe one more additional spot for those that want to be in to get in that spot. The first GM, because I know there's people that still want in that league, too. The first GM that reads the uh, man, the Fantasy Combat 4 article that I put up, like the, the latest one. Check that out. There's a cheat code on there. 
And that cheat code, if you find it, just click on it. And you tell me the next player that's going to feature on it. As soon as you click on that cheat code on the article, I'm already giving you the cheat right there. Go on chapter four, click on cheat code, and you're going to see the next player that's going to feature on the next one on the limited or excuse me, the limited edition for chapter five in, in February. So check that out if you still want to fit one more person in that free league. And I plan on running that league right after the NBA championship because I want to make sure that you guys are engaged because we're dynasty driven and we're going to keep going through this all year round. That's the same with uh, the 30 man cash league. So with that being said, the dynasty league, um, I'm going to also probably try to get co uh, configured to have group me as that. I don't know if I want to just because, but I mean, I might do that to be, you know, to have you guys engaged even with me and everybody else. So with that being said, I hope you guys get in that league. And I want to give shout outs to these listeners. Uh, also, we got new listeners. So listener shout out to infrequent egg beater, uh, Thai base. I think I forgot to mention you before, sir. Uh, anal Embiid. Oh gosh, for these names, Jeff Arse, Bill Nye, the sports guy. Also want to give out a shout out to late pixel, a new listener as well. You know, appreciate you guys. Um, you know, new listeners to the podcast kind of segues way to a, another one of the listeners that mentioned this. And it's uh, if you guys are familiar with Mario Kart, the blue shell or the Bowser shell to get hit with a Bowser shell, you got to be in first place. And listener had me he had me rolling because it's it makes it makes me think about me being in first place. And I'm getting hit with the Bowser shell like all the time in the Dynasty League that I'm in where it's basically people at the bottom that shoot the blue shell, Bowser shell, and, and, and basically try to prevent me from winning just because the trades that I do, and this is basically the unicorn court, the game genie code for tonight. Just keep in mind, if you're in first place in a league, be aware of the Bowser shell. It's going to come get you. It means anybody that's underneath you, either in the middle or the bottom of the pack, they're gunning to for that for that buy. If you hopefully you get buy weeks. If you don't, that's fine. But they they're coming after you to take that spot and to be the champion. Just because you're in first place doesn't necessarily you're going to win. And that's how Mario Kart is, right? When you get hit with the Bowser shell, you typically going to fall back in the rankings. So you have to be uh, a, a, actually just got to be wise in how to manipulate trying to be basically cautious of the Bowser shell, but it's hard to avoid it if you're in first place. So with that being said, you know, if you guys have more questions on how the Bowser shell works, just shoot me a message. But that's your game, Genie Cole, for tonight for the Unicorn Court. Um, I'm closing things out. So the Twitter handle that you guys can follow me at is at Starks underscore industry. I'm the guy with the Iron Man avatar, which I obviously change a lot on Twitter. And then you can find me on Instagram, fantasy unicorns underscore Starks. Reach out to me or any of the rest of us unicorns and ask us questions. And keep in mind, we're going to keep having updates as far as the listener leagues. Again, I'm going to try to run the 20-man free league as soon as the NBA championship is done, the 30-man buy-in league, which are still spots available with the 30-man league. Um, I believe tentatively the date is around the summer league time to run that draft. And uh, I'm recording while games are going on tonight. So let me just see what we got on slate tonight. I know um, actually Golden State won. 
132 to 100 against Indiana. I'm just, I'm just trying to see if there's any players I wanted to touch up on. And it could be maybe D'Angelo Russell, my guy, one of Stark's guys here. He's had another good game. And uh, he dropped 25 points with four assists and three steals. Boston side, Marcus Smart, uh, Marcus, yeah, Marcus Smart had a good game, 21 points and seven assists, five steals. Man, ooh, my goodness, wow, I didn't see this. Al Horford, 14, 11, five, six, and one. So Al Horford had 14 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, six blocks, one steal, six blocks. Man, that's. That's great stuff. And with that being said, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Again, I apologize here that, you know, you've been kind of st- stuck with me, per se, with the last couple of episodes, me going ISO ball, but at least it was a little bit more fast-paced for you guys. Hustle and Flow should be back. If not Hustle and Flow offense with uh, Doc, then maybe the Fantastic Three with me, Doc, and Kevin. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Again, appreciate you listeners out there. And with that being said, you guys take a ride.